Hey everybody, welcome to Bible and Bullshit. I'm your host, Chris DeCue. This is the podcast where I drunkenly tell you a story from the Bible and then have a drunk discussion about religion and theology with executive producer Matt Flanagan. Today, we're continuing our three-part series of the story of the plagues of Egypt. But before we get into that, let's hear a word from our sponsor. Today, we're brought to you by Uncle Jemima's Pure Mash Liquor. More fun than pancakes. Uncle Jemima's Pure Mash Liquor. Alright, if you want to follow along, we are starting in Exodus chapter 7, verse 14. So the Lord speaks to Moses and he says, Pharaoh's heart is unyielding. He's not going to let my people go. So what I want you to do is in the morning... You and Aaron go confront Pharaoh and tell him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has sent me to say to you, Let my people go so that they can worship me in the wilderness. But you have not listened. So, this is what the Lord's going to do. He is going to strike you with a plague of blood, all of the water in Egypt from the Nile River to any containers you have in your homes, to the ponds, the cricks. Everything is going to be filled with blood. It's going to be disgusting. It's going to stink to the point that no one in Egypt can get their water from the rivers and ponds and lakes and whatnot. And so, and so Moses and Aaron go and see Pharaoh and they tell him these things. And guess what? Pharaoh says, fuck y'all. I am letting your people go. And so Aaron stretches his staff out over the water. He strikes it. That shit turns to blood everywhere. And to the point that the people of Egypt had to dig into the banks of the Nile to get the water that would sift through the sand and the dirt so that they could have clean drinking water. Uh, But Pharaoh's heart was hard because... His magicians did the same thing as Aaron, and he just didn't listen. He said, I ain't letting your people go. And then seven days later, God says to Moses and Aaron, go to Pharaoh again and tell him that I say, let my people go so that they can worship me. But if you refuse, I'm going to send a plague of frogs on your whole country so many frogs that they're going to come up into your palace and your bedroom into your bed into the houses of your officials and up into all of your people's places where they sleep and nobody's going to know what the fuck to do so moses and aaron go to speak to pharaoh but he says get the fuck out of here and so aaron stretches his hand out over the nile river and hella frogs come up out that bitch but once again Pharaoh's magicians and his sorcerers can reproduce this act and they bring frogs up out of the Nile. But, unfortunately for them, the amount of frogs that God has brought out of the Nile is so great that it is just running over everything the sorcerers can do. So Pharaoh summons Moses and Aaron back to him and he says, Look, y'all, just pray to God to take these frogs away from me and my people and I'll let you go sacrifice to the to the Lord in the desert. And Moses is like, okay, sounds good. 
you name the day and the date for when these frogs are going to disappear, it's going to happen. And Pharaoh says, sweet, uh, tomorrow, please. And Moses says, okay, as soon as Aaron and I leave, we're going to pray to God and he's going to take these motherfucking frogs away. So what happens? Moses, Aaron, they leave. They speak to God. Next day, all the frogs die. So many frogs that people are just like pushing them into piles and they're just reeking in giant heaps, just stanking everything up. But as soon as Pharaoh sees that there's a little relief, he's like, mm, you know what? I can't let y'all peoples go. Sorry about that. And because Pharaoh has been just being such an asshole, God tells Moses, okay, have Aaron stretch out his staff and strike the dust on the ground. And throughout Egypt, all that dust is going to become gnats. And so Moses and Aaron do this. And uh, when he hits the ground, gnats just come up and they start getting all over people and all over the animals. Uh, and when the Egyptian magicians and sorcerers tried to recreate it, they couldn't. And they were just telling Pharaoh, look, this is the finger of God. This is the work of God. We can't recreate this. And yet Pharaoh's heart was hard and he still wouldn't listen to them. And, and I looked this up and the lifespan of gnats is about seven to 10 days. And some of the things that can cause them is an excess of water. So, I mean, you could, you could envision like hell of frogs coming up because there was uh, an excess of water that allowed all these tadpoles to thrive. And then because of all this water, extra gnats came up. And then the next plague the Lord says to Moses, look, I'm going to need you to get up early one more time. Go to Pharaoh with Aaron and tell him, look, let my people go that the, so they can worship me in the desert. But if you don't let us go, I'm going to send swarms of flies in and they're just going to cover everything. Your house, your officials house, your slave houses. They're going to cover the whole land of Egypt. But guess what? These flies are not going to touch the land of Goshen in which my people, the Israelites, reside. No flies will touch them. And guess what? Pharaoh wouldn't let the people go. So there were flies all over his land. And when he sees these flies just pouring into his house and whatnot, he calls Moses and Aaron. He says to them, look, okay. You can, you can go worship your God, but you got to do it here in Egypt. And Moses and Aaron are like, ah, oh, my dude, that's just not a good look. Uh, if we do it here in Egypt, all the Egyptians going to be looking at us like, who the fuck are these people that they think like they think they're better than us, that they can just worship this God here. It's, it's just not going to look good for us. So please just let us go. And, and Pharaoh says, okay, look, you can make your sacrifices to the Lord, but just don't go very far. And Moses is like, okay, cool. We can make this work. Just don't go back on your word again. Like you've done a hundred fucking times before. Okay. And Pharaoh's like, dude, for real, I won't just make these flies go, go away. And guess what? The next day, all the flies die. And Pharaoh, once again, is like, mm, motherfuckers, I just, uh, I just can't let you go. 
Now the Lord says to Moses again, Go to Pharaoh and tell him this. This is what the Lord says, the God of the Hebrews. Let my people go so that they can worship me. If you refuse to let them go and continue to hold them in Egypt, I'm going to strike y'all with a terrible plague on all your livestock. I'm talking horses, donkeys, camels, uh, motherfucking cattle, sheep, goats, all the shit. But, but guess what? The Lord's going to make a distinction between the livestock of Israel and that of Egypt to the point that no animal belonging to the Israelites is going to die. And so the Lord says, guess what? It's going to happen tomorrow. And just as he said, the next day, all the livestock in Egypt died, but not one animal belonging to the Israelites died. And Pharaoh even confirmed this. He spent, he sent people out into the field to check this out. And not one animal of the Israelites died, but still, still his heart became hard and he wouldn't let the people go. So the Lord told Moses and Aaron to each take a handful of soot from the furnace and have them toss it in the air like they just uh, LeBron James did, like into the air. And that soot would become a fine dust over all of Egypt and it would become festering boils on all the people that it touched, all the people and animals throughout the land. And they did this. And the boils broke out over everyone and everything. And the magicians in Pharaoh's court could not stand before Moses because of the boils that were on them. And the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart and he would not listen to Moses and Aaron, just as the Lord had said. Uh, I don't want to spill this. Hold on, let me. No, I think this is actually, this is a good way to start. What are you drinking, by the way? Is that tequila? It is tequila and lime. This is a Monday gin. I highly recommend it. Yeah, so where do you want to start off? What's your, what do you want to know? What's, what's good with the world? I mean, what's, wow. Are we going current times? Are we going biblical? I mean, we can cover a bit of both because it is really getting reflected and the Bible's really being reflected, especially the plagues right now and what's going on, especially with our Pharaoh of a president. Yeah, we could call him Pharaoh. I do think that would be fair. Um, I, I do think it's interesting. I think California just hit 4 million acres of fire. Oh, or, or 4 million acres had burned from wildfires this year, mm-hmm. which is sort of a historic number, um, which is which is really quite tragic. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, I think, you know, we have hurricanes. And I, I don't know. It's tough because I sit here and I say those things and I think, okay, wow, you know, sort of the world is burning. We need to do a better job. At the same time, I think... Yeah, so many biblically speaking, um, if that's a word, yeah. you know, they they talk you know, every seven years, and so part of me sort of wants. I haven't done the I haven't I haven't done the research, so I don't know. I don't know if you have, but seven years ago, was it this bad? I assume by them stating that these things are historic, that's not the case. No, it, they definitely weren't that bad seven years ago. And I also think about living in California seven years ago, and I think, nah, it wasn't this bad. Mm -mm. 
No, it was it was beautiful seven years. It ago. definitely wasn't. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty fair. Yeah. But it, with, with regards to the story that you've just told, I guess, you know, some of the things that stick out to me are, so we've got blood. Mm-hmm. To me, I think of, okay, let's not, I don't want to make this too, well, maybe I will. Mainstream. Have you watched uh, Magic for Humans on Netflix? No, I haven't even heard of that. Justin Willman. I think he used to host The Great Baking Show. But he's a magician. And he's actually quite brilliant. Hmm. Yeah, he's actually hysterical. Yeah. And um, I think about this. I think think about him sometimes when I hear about these plagues. Because I'm like, that mother person... He would be able to figure it out. He would be able to turn a, a river into ri- some of the things that he pulls off on that show. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, is a, uh, pretty yeah, similar. I mean, now, I mean, I I did some research between the last uh, episode we did and this one, where it's like, okay, how could ancient magicians have pulled this off? And yeah, a lot of it was exactly like we were talking about. Uh, yeah. Uh, snake charmers, ancient Egypt and India, even up to this century, you know, they can charm snakes and make them do certain things, you know. So it's like, it's not out of the realm of possibility that, you know, you could grab a snake and make it stiff and then throw it down and it slithers away. Uh, and then, like, the plague of blood is just what. We said it's like basically packs of red 45. <laughs> it's like they just yeah. put dye in the water. And then like yeah. frogs and stuff. It's like, oh, here's a frog out of my coat. <laughs> but then, as the, but the then sheer, as the plagues the, get the, more the advanced. Sheer, yeah, the sheer volume is something that I think is impressive about any of these though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like the plague of blood just all the rivers, lakes, creeks, everything turns into blood. Every like uh, water vessel they have in their house turns to blood. So it's, that was the part that always threw me off was the in the house. I'm like, okay, how, how did they pull that off? That's part of the miracle. That's like the most extreme part of the miracle, I would say. That's just a straight flex, though, isn't it? Oh, definitely. If that's if you have the power to do that, if you are powerful enough to make every, um, you know, sort of we'll call it stream of water turn to blood. And that's what you choose to use your powers for. It does seem a bit odd, doesn't it? As he takes another drink of tequila to be able to digest that thought. Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> it's definitely just a flex on God's part to turn not just the rivers sure, and lakes, yeah. but then every water source that isn't connected to those into blood. Right, yeah. Although I guess, how did the, most of their water would have been derived from wells at that point, wouldn't it? Uh, no. Because the I river, mean, what did it all be for the river? A lot because of it was Egyptians from the river. the Egyptians were aqueducts, right? The Egyptians I mean, they were aqueducts? I don't know if they did, but they were definitely a river-based society. Like a very... Yeah, I thought they did aqueducts aquatic society Uh, did did you see as a side note did you see um gosh uh oh i'm not even gonna try to pronounce it um there was a city in egypt i think it was today or yesterday or today that found like 18 new tombs of i think religious figures and pharaohs Mm. and um 
sort of leaders during that time. I think it's all the way back to like 2700 BC, oh, wow. all the way up to like the, the year three or 400, I want to say. Okay. Um, and I'm forgetting what the periods of time are called, but the, the uh, interesting, I know this is sort of a sidetrack, but I want to just ask you this as, as it's sort of relevant to what we're talking yeah, about. Let's go for so, it. So, you know, they these people are buried. They're mm-hmm. people, even though they're sort of, uh, it's from a period of time that we're very interested in as a mm-hmm. society today. The fact that we dig up their bodies and open their caskets to see their bodies. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm of two minds because on, if, on it, it, I guess. Like if we did that to Elvis today, people would freak the exactly so it's like that's why i'm of two minds of it it's like very disrespectful to be desecrating their places of rest but at the same time from a scientific point of view you want to see how these people lived uh, how they died how they were buried so it's like a very interesting worthy scientific effort but at the same time like ah that's like they were meant to stay there forever or so those people thought yeah but i guess because i think yeah yeah yeah, i guess in like a thousand two thousand years they'll be digging up our graves that's a good point anything's well i guess i don't know they have so much there's so yeah that's a good point but at the same time i think you know everything's digital now Mm -hmm. so there's there will there will sort of be no point for the most part if elon musk has this way there will be no point uh, to, to doing this stuff i was watching a a documentary on a the tombs of Egypt and whatnot, and a new one that they found a couple years oh, ago. Nat yeah, come a on, Nat man. Geo come one. On about that. And <laughs> it's like they did a whole digital map of the the grave site, but then they still went in and took the actual tomb out and the actual body out to look at it. So it's like they, yeah. they did both. Yeah, and I think what's I don't know, I guess one of the things I think about uh, with regard to this is King Tut. You know, we sort of, the, our perception of him or, or sort of what we were taught of of him as a pharaoh, even we were, even when you and I were in middle school, high school, right? Mm-hmm. Probably what, five, 10 years ago, they came out and they're like, yeah, he slept with his sister because that's how that lo- that lineage was, that, that was sort of the, the sort of purity of that lineage, mm-hmm. but he was deformed and he had all these mm-hmm. diseases and he died at a super young age, I think, didn't he? He, he died did, pre, yeah. I want to say before he was 30. Yeah, he did, yeah. I think he was like 21 yeah. or 23, I believe when he died. I think they made, I think they made a show about it as mm-hmm. well. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, uh, there's probably plenty of shows about that, isn't there? Yeah. That is one thing. I mean, even the uh, kings of England did that, which is why there's there were so many of them that were hemophiliacs, because they just kept interbreeding with each other. Interesting, I did not know other. that. Mm-hmm. Interesting, I did not know that. Yeah, huh. so I mean, that's why so, so many of them were sickly. With what what time period are we in with these plagues? Oh Lord! Uh, Literally. Yeah. <laughs> Let me think. Four hundred years from there to there. And that was we got to get Brad Swope on this, by the way. This is so uh, I know. You should contact him and get him uh, into it. Um, this is probably 3,000 plus years ago, I would say. So it's 1,000 BC? 
No, it's more than that. It's um, more than yeah, that, isn't it? Might be four thousand. It's two. It's two thousand BC. Well, it was. Isn't it? It might be. Uh, probably, I'd say between two and a thousand, just because okay. it was four hundred years between the Old Testament and New Testament. It like, was. Wait, sorry, say that again. There were four hundred years of silence, quote unquote silence, between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Is there then, anything written on that? Sort of like how the Book of Judas and stuff isn't in the. I mean, I'm sure there is, but in you know your canonical Bible, there sure. it's just a period of silence or of silence. So it's like Old Testament ends, 400 years later, you pick up with Jesus more or less. Hmm. You know, a couple of years before Jesus. Let me ask you this question: When you were, I just came to mind when you were a kid. And you were, I mean, I assume you went to Bible school. Oh, yes. <laughs> I heard I heard the intro to the show, so just throw that out there. Um, when you were a kid, which one of these plagues sort of stuck out to you the most? And for what reason? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I would say it, it'll be in the next episode, but I would say like the plague of darkness and of the, you know, death of the firstborn were the two that stuck out most to me. Death of the firstborn hit me Mm -hmm. hard as a kid. I was like, man, that seems jacked up. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that one. You just killed everyone. But isn't it interesting that. Okay. Yeah. So I was, I just looked up when the plagues took place and we're right. It was about 1446 BC. They say. Okay. Yeah. It was awful. Um, isn't it interesting though, as you, as you think about some of these things and you, even if you think about them as in the context of when you first learned them as a kid, I I can sort of vividly remember questioning the, the motive behind it, right? Like I can, Mm -hmm. even, even the frogs, the livestock and boils are where, where it first started to hit me because the flies and the gnats, I was like, that's just like, you're just trying to be an ass, right? Like, you're just like, I'm annoying. Because yeah. well, flies I mean, and also, are just annoyed for, known for being annoying, right? Yeah. I mean, also in the story, I say it's like you have the uh, water and the water gets turned into blood and it's probably also might have raised the level of the water a bit. And mm-hmm. because of the raised level of water, you might have more frogs in that case. Right. Or, you know, you have the frogs trying to escape Which the blood Which I appreciated the fact that you were, the fact that, have you explained to people how much you enjoy this kind of science. I don't feel like you've really gone into that. Does I mean, anybody know how much you love Jurassic Park? <laughs> uh, well, we'll probably be getting more into that too. Uh, but no, We're going to do a whole episode on Sam Neill. Exactly. Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum. Uh, no, it's like, and, I just kind way, of enjoy the science of it and like the, it's like the walkthrough of it. So it's like you have frogs trying to get away from the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, gnats uh uh is one of the ways that you get gnats is by having increased levels of water so Mm -hmm. then Mm -hmm. after that after the gnats and all the frogs die then guess what comes in flies right because you have heaps of dead fucking frogs everywhere oh that's clever yeah so then i mean but then you have the livestock and the boils which are just seem like kind of asshole moves on some level but also i mean it's in the the same vein that way about 
<laughs> yeah, I, I feel that way about many of the plagues. I will say one thing that I, I just want to point out as a side note, and this is off the record, maybe on the record. Did you see what Jeff Goldblum has been doing to raise money? No, what has he been doing? <laughs> he and Sam Neill have oh. been posting, uh, you know, if so many people use this link to register to vote or to check if they're registered, we'll reenact oh, yeah. a scene from a movie. So no, they uh, reenacted the famous people are doing that. Yeah, and and so Jeff Goldblum and Sam Neill reenacted the water, like the chaos theory of water, but uh, yeah. Sam Neill played Laura Dern. I, I did see that clip. I didn't know why they did it, though. Uh, and they're apparently going to be doing a bunch more of these, which I think is brilliant. Yeah, I mean, Donald Faison and uh, Zach Braff, you know, if they get so many people to do the same yeah. thing through that website, well, they're going to make a video on how to make an apple teeny. <laughs> are they really yeah and well and zach rap is incredibly politically active isn't he i i don't think overly but i think okay. you know this year yes sure sure well, sort everyone of has uh, fucking yeah been. yeah yeah sure that being said get out there and vote guys <laughs> yeah get out yeah vote wear a mask <laughs> wear a mask what, which uh yeah mm, mm, we won't jump into the karma side of things which i don't know yeah, it's interesting. So I was talking with um, a friend of mine. I won't name names for the sake of not, you know, mm -hmm. getting in trouble. Um, he was talking about the um, concept of karma and whether that's biblical or not, and whether or not the whether or not mm. the plagues are sort of an indication of karma actually being a biblical principle. Thoughts on that? No, I don't. I don't okay. think the plagues. Hard no, are. we're gonna go with the hard no. We're gonna go with the hard hard no. No, uh, well, yeah. mostly because the plagues implicate everyone. Yes and no. Uh, it's more because the leader of the country was being intransigent in and just, you know, not letting a whole people group go. And God's like, "Come on, man! I'm gonna start off small with the blood, and the frogs, and the flies, and the gnats, and then." when pharaoh keeps on just being like no 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 he's like okay yeah. we're gonna step it up a bit we're gonna kill your livestock that doesn't work for you everyone's getting boils nobody has yeah, died yet from it and then yeah. when he goes back on his word he says okay guess what now we're gonna send hail and locusts and right so it's like you see the progression it's like they try to start off small god was like okay we're gonna start small and we're gonna build up yeah, I mean, at the same time, I will say, you know, the bit we talked about last time of, you know, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. I'm like, yeah. isn't this kind of your own doing, buddy? <laughs> Where he's like, this is Pharaoh's fault. This is Pharaoh's doing. And I'm like, but didn't you just say like three like verses earlier that this was your doing? I mean, I, I think yes and no. Okay, I, hit me with, I think hit even, me with the no. We didn't talk about the no last time. Hit me with the yeah. no. So it's like, I think Pharaoh wouldn't have let them go anyway. Because it's... Ooh, 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 ooh. Okay, hit me. Yeah, because it just seems like he was kind of high on himself. Aren't we all? Yeah, but we're not all the god of a country. I'm god of my own country. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, I mean, if you, you want to take that humanist point of view. I just felt like that would be good for argument's sake. I don't feel like I'm a god <laughs> if, of if anything. If you have that humanist world. Disclaimer, sure. disclaimer, I'm not the god of anything. 
I mean, every person is their own personal God, their own personal Jesus, if you will. Well, uh, depeche mode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, great eighties reference for the for the show. <laughs> I appreciate, yeah. by the way, that these conversations have turned into more of a free flowing conversation as as we go on. What people don't know, and I think we should give them some context about, is mm-hmm. how many times have we? I mean, how many times have we had? have we recorded our sort of conversations and thought about making a podcast? I mean, it's been years. That is true. And we're finally doing it, man. Trying to give it more structure. (laughs) I mean, trying being the operative word in that sentence. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm sure the podcast will evolve a bit and whatnot. So I'm not too worried about it. I've never been worried, but listen, I'm more interested, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm not more interested, but I am interested in, you know, you have a, uh, you've got far more, or you've got a greater depth of theological knowledge on these type of things. So as someone that's coming into this uh, with, with less depth of knowledge, I mean, what are the things that you're sort of, what, what, what things are you interested to hear about from your sort of, uh, you know, normal folk? Uh, I guess, more like how people interact with the bible i would assume Mm. most people don't interact with it that deep it's like they might know a couple bible stories i assume yeah i assume most christians don't read the bible they just go to church on sunday and they hear a message from you know someone maybe not even a, a ordained minister or pastor that and also something that has really annoyed me over my life is just like the uh, Tony Robinson, like church messages that most pastors do. Tony Robbins. Well, whoever the hell. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I don't listen, but it's like that Tony Robbins kind of just like feel good. You can do it. Guru. Yeah, that kind of guru stance. And they don't actually get into the Bible. They might use it as a reference up top, and then they just go into whatever the hell they want to say. Yeah, I would wholly agree with with that side of it, which is interesting because that's one of the things that I found most interesting about our time together is that you're a very worldly person, if I might say. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yet you have a unwavering faith your, your your faith is unwavering and i've always found that to be fascinating whereas thank, thank I you think, for saying that it doesn't feel that way but thank you for saying that really Mm-mm. can we talk why does it not feel that way uh i don't know i guess i don't feel that i might be as christian as people think a christian should be i can I stop you there no, that, that but I mean, that's, that's just, you know, yeah. how I was uh, indoctrinated as a child. So Sure. And I would, I wasn't saying Christian so much as I was saying faith. I think, mm-hmm. so. like, I, I would, I guess I would say sort of Moses-like faith. If you, if you circle back to the, the plagues that we're talking about, mm-hmm. that I've known you through a lot of different crazy shit in your life. And your faith has been unwavering yet i think many people could come up to you 
and just in the in in sort of your most worldly embodiment they would not think you a, a, a quote christian yet oh, if yeah. they actually took the time to talk to you they'd be like oh wow that is a man of faith no i definitely have had a lot of people be surprised when i tell them that i'm a worship pastor they're like yeah, oh I mean, really do you remember when we when we first moved in together and it's like that can't be true yeah yeah i mean I would say one of the toughest times is in my life is when uh, my buddy Justin died. and Your roommate, right? Roommate. Yeah, roommate, one of my best friends. But I yeah, never well, felt angry at God for that. Just because like, it doesn't make sense to me to be angry with God. It doesn't get you anywhere. It's like, yeah, you can be mad at God and rail against him and be like, oh, God, why did you do this? Hmm. The view I have on it is God didn't do that. He doesn't cause most things in your life. People cause most things in your life. So why be mad at God for something that a person did? Because, I mean, you could take the stance, well, God put them there and blah, blah, blah. Just like with Pharaoh. It's like God caused Pharaoh to do all that. I think Pharaoh would have done it anyway. It's just, you know, God kind of made it stand out more or drew people's attention to it. Or is some of that just maybe the writing, right? Is is some yeah. of it just they say God hardened Pharaoh's heart? Is it to say that God knows everything before it happens? Yeah. And as such, because Pharaoh would have done that anyway, God knew that. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, did it's God do that specifically? Or was it something Pharaoh was going to do anyway? So God, you know, so kind of you... benefited off it. <laughs> so how do you think, you know, how did so how did someone like Moses, how did how did how do you mm -hmm. deal with those situations where if you don't if you don't mind no. um <laughs> stop me stop me if i'm if i'm if i'm getting too crass here but no you think of someone so close to you passing away well i'm sure moses and many of the people that he cared about especially during some of the plagues that we're going to be talking about soon mm -hmm. knew people that passed away oh for and, sure and and in this case there is that sort of wholly responsible entity right that's saying mm -hmm. i'm causing this so how do you how do you how do you cope with that how do you deal with that how do you work through that uh i mean i guess like with with the plagues i think it was a bit different because it was a wholly miraculous thing that was happening so mm -hmm. it's like that's almost on a different level it's god was causing something to happen on a national scale because of the head of the nation who was okay. basically saying fuck you god i don't know who the fuck you are you and your people can go you know die in a yeah. hole more or less he's like why yeah. would i let you go you're good workers there's so many of you we need you here let's keep you here so it was it was more because one guy was saying that uh but it's like these other things like i just Personally, I don't think God cares that much about the happenings in each individual's life. I mean, can he? He has the power to step in, and maybe he does in some instances to direct or like change the course of somebody's life. Mm -hmm. But I don't think he's causing things to happen necessarily. Like he might, something might happen and he might step in and be like, hey, why don't, why don't you look at it this way? or turn yeah. in this direction. Uh, I mean, I guess I would definitely say that happened with me when Justin passed. Yeah, I would say it's like it actually ended up bringing me 
closer to the church really in some ways yeah yeah how so well well, like I, well i guess the, yeah. the the context of that being did you feel like you were separating and and i guess uh, i don't know i struggle a little bit with and i don't mean to be an ass here but i struggle no, no. a little bit with your terminology or your vernacular when you say you mm-hmm. were separating from the church does that mean you were separating from god or you were separating from the institution because to me uh, i see those as two totally different things yes they are uh i've i've I'll put it this way, because we were at a Christian college and I was leading worship at a church and yeah. we we had Bible classes, we had to go to a fucking chapel what, at least two times a week, yeah. at least. And yeah. if you missed one, then you had to go three times a week to catch up because you had to be at a certain amount every semester. You know, it's, you know, it's crazy. Actually, you could pay your way out of that. Since when? You didn't know that. I would have paid all the money. Yeah, you can you can pay a fee to get. That's the Lord. Oh that's very Catholic of us. But you you, you can pay. Yeah, that's like paying for indulgences. Uh, can I just like, we get it? Can we do it? By the way, just to decide it. Can we do an entire episode on Catholicism at one point? We should. I'm fascinated by it. Uh, it, it is very interesting. Well, 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 I don't know as much I as I should. We, yeah, I mean, we're we're, def- we're definitely going to get into it more, but uh, it'll just take a bit more research on my end. We might want to bring somebody in to help yeah. guide us through it. Well, we'll we'll bring uh yeah we'll bring in some theologians at some point. We'll bring Brad. We'll bring in a couple other pastors and to, yeah. to get their thoughts. Yeah, but uh, it's just uh, what what the hell was I saying? Where were we? Uh, we were talking about sort of the difference. Be- I, oh. I was saying the difference between yeah. sort of so, your separation so, with the church and with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I God, never yeah. felt separated from God. I got too mm-hmm. much of like a, a church overload. Interesting. Because of okay. all the all the classes we were doing, all the chapels, uh, me going, yeah. you know, leading worship every week and going to the rehearsals and the practices and doing all these things. I just got a church overload. So then when Justin died, I I think at that point I had taken a step back from the church for, oh, I'd probably been out of it for about a year, but still doing, you know, music stuff in churches with the school. Uh, right. But then like a couple months after he passed, I applied for another position at another church and got yeah. that. And it's just, it felt like a much better experience for me personally. I was just more calm behind it, I guess. Like I wasn't so like worked up and like, and like I wasn't so, I didn't feel so overloaded with Jesus and God. Mm -hmm. But I mean, that is from the church point of view, not the actual God himself point of view. When you think about these plagues and when you think about, that story you've just told in your personal mm-hmm. life, how much of it is the church? How much of it is your relation? How much of it is your relationship with the church versus your relationship with your, your personal intimate relationship with God? Uh, I, I enjoy the church and the fellowship it brings. And that is one of the things it says in the Bible that Christians are to do is to fellowship with each other. But I would say the church, I haven't experienced it in other countries, but I'm not a huge fan of the American church 
most American churches because mm. they do have that Tony Robbins feel to them. It's just more of a like a feel good sermon than Rah, actually, rah. yeah, than actually teaching you anything or like explaining anything to you. It's either a make you feel good about yourself or make you feel convicted about something in your life. Yeah, which yeah. I think there are places for that, but not when it's 50, let's say 50 weeks of the year, because then you also got Christmas and Easter. So I, like, I just don't want those very, most churches are very surface level and they don't actually dig into anything. Couldn't you argue that's how we all are then? We're all very superficial. Yeah, but I think we're all yearning for something deeper it's like yeah it's like nice like the superficial surface mm -hmm. level is nice yeah. but then if we were honest with ourselves we would want an actual deeper connection to the thing so so but how many of the people how many people that were affected by these by these plagues that you just talked about mm -hmm. were yearning for that deeper connection because they would have been in in sort of quote imprisoned by pharaoh yeah so they had uh, a very superficial right they had a very mm -hmm. superficial relationship with their with, with their sort of at that time deity mm -hmm. because pharaoh was a living god right to them yeah yeah so, so they had so you know how does that work then how does that translate so i think that has to do with the escalation of the plagues as well because they do start off very low level like Hey, you won't have water to drink for a bit. Uh, you know, that's like, also hey, you're you'll be die in three days if you don't have water. I mean, but it the Bible I've does also say I've watched a lot of uh, Discovery Channel. I've got this. No, I feel it, but the Bible does also say that the people had to dig in the banks of the river to get the water that was filtered through the sand to okay. be able to drink. So they had Bear access gross. to water. Very gross. Yeah, exactly. It was just hard to get to. Um, but so it's like that escalation, and with each escalation. I feel like the people were more pressuring Pharaoh because when you get to the later ones, you start to see his officials saying like, dude, let them go. And it's like, we get it. You're hot shit, but God's a bit hotter. <laughs> I, I love how this is turned into a dating game. I, I, I just love that. No, but it's like, that's what it feels like. And then uh, at the very end, when they all get out, uh, there are Egyptians that leave with them. And also, at the end, the Egyptians were just like, guys, get the fuck out of here. How many people were there in total then? So so how many people were, do we know how many people were sort of impacted by this cult series? Uh, the, the Bible doesn't say like how many people were in Egypt. Okay, okay. But, uh, do we know how many people left with Moses? We do, actually, and we'll get to that next week. So stay tuned, folks. Random thoughts of the week. Hey! Yeah. So I'll probably have to, like, cut out a bit of the last of what we were talking about cogently. Obviously. Because then I think we just went... Yeah, uh, so just, okay, so what is your random thought of the week? Oh, man. That's a good question. 
is good gin. I had been thinking about a few, and they were TV related. Oh, interesting. Okay, hit me. Yeah. Uh, if, if we're going TV related, I will say Ted Lasso. Okay. Okay. Jason well, Sudeikis. Well, hit me with yours real quick, and I'll try to get my my thought back in order. Um. Well, if it's random thought of the week, gosh. Um. I mean, definitely, I would say if we're going TV shows first, I would say Ted Lasso, best show on TV right now. Okay, okay. heartfelt every every everybody needs some ted lasso in their life um it's on apple tv plus mm-hmm. i'm really interested by that um if what, we're what going would, what is the like plot the like of it yeah the premise yeah it's a um it's a it's a it's an american guy who's a, an american football coach who takes a small town team uh, small time, like sort of nobody team to, I guess, sort of national championship level. And by football, and you mean soccer? No, 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 American football. Oh. Yeah, yeah, American football. And then he gets hired by a football, or as we would say, soccer coach for a Premier League team in England. Mm. And it's just, it's the best thing, dude. It, it, it's the best thing. That's in terms of just more like, interesting than you, I thought it was. <laughs> yeah, and Jason Sudeikis is a gold mine of 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 joy. Mm-hmm. He's a wonderful. He he's just wonderful, and the yeah. supporting cast is a beautiful thing. Um, I haven't enjoyed, I haven't enjoyed anything this much in, in terms of visually uh, in a very long time. I mean, obviously, in terms of the the sort of ran, other random part of the week, I would say just you know Archer season eleven. I think is uh, the yes. best season uh-huh. since maybe season four. Uh, the last so couple good. episodes have been pure gold. Yeah, um, outside of television, one. yeah. If we're going outside of television, I would say, you know, I I've been thinking a lot about the stimulus. I think it's going to be interesting to see to to see if uh, we actually. You know, if, if the Congress and the Senate can get anything passed, uh, I'd say it's a solid uh, 60 30. There's 10% gray area in there. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. So, I mean, mine is kind uh, of. By a the long... way, uh, why don't you have some of that tequila while you think about it? Oh, I will. I will. Uh, I guess my thoughts are kind of along the, the same lines. Like TV wise, I would say the boys, the last like three episodes have been very interesting. Really? And okay, so I'm on I'm on episode two, so don't don't give it away. Yeah, once you get to like episode like five and six, seven, uh, yeah. it, it gets very interesting and it has a lot to say about our current culture. Okay. And you know, some of the things going on. Uh I mean, even by episode two, you can tell it's like dealing with issues of race and so, white yeah. supremacy and just that kind of Do stuff. Do you denounce it? Uh, that, I guess, and we'll get more into that, I think, when we get into our uh, voting, voting Elections, issues, yeah. our election voting issues episodes. That'll be in two weeks. Uh yeah. Some very interesting things with that. Oh my god! Uh, oh my god! Um, but yeah, it's like still along the same lines. I'll go from the boys into an animated show, Star Trek Lower Decks. Probably one of the most brilliant 
like Star Trek shows I've seen in a while. Because uh, like Discovery admit. is good, kind of. Picard was confusing. It was like well acted, but story wise, very confusing. And I have some major disagreements with it. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Well, all right. We've come to the end of the episode, sir. Uh, I say to you, prost. Prost to you, sir. All right. We'll see you guys next time. time. Yes, we will.